Greetings and salutations to all our fine podcast audience. Nathan's already laughing at something. I don't okay, know why I, he's laughing. I haven't shared this. I didn't think about it until the moment you said it. So I got a text from one of our listeners uh-huh. who's a good friend of mine. Are they a fine podcast person? Well, this they is what's are. funny about it. They all are. There are no she, bad podcast she listeners? Had, she had sent <laughs> okay. me a thing months ago. So, Sydney, since I'm sure you're listening, I know this will be a thing. Oh, yeah. I know and love Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Well, I don't know. I know and love a Sydney. Yeah, you know this Sydney. <laughs> so, um, Sydney sent me a thing. Maybe months ago we were just texting about life and stuff and she said by the way i'm one of your five podcast listeners and i just laughed about it and then she sent me a thing uh maybe last week saying i feel really bad now because i thought all along jason was saying greetings and salutations to our five podcast listeners that's great i I knew where that was going right and i said and she goes but i didn't want you to think i was insulting i'm sure you reach more than five people and i told her we may not be reaching more than five people i don't know know. and so cindy you're watching this i'm sure you're glad i shared all of that in private information but (laughs) Sydney is another person that I love dearly that likes puns, so mm. I can see how she got quite the chuckle. Well, I already out of the told five. her. I already told her. I think that's a better introduction it than is. fine pod. It's it a much is. funnier. Just it all is. the time we say hello to our five podcasts. She just she goes. I thought y'all were just being funny, and y'all were or just saying a funny thing. So. Every week, I just make up a random number. Well, there you go. Uh, that would work. Too. I think if we know it's five, we name them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I, just think we I will name. say this: I do occasionally look at how many views, and and we we usually go over five. Yeah, that doesn't okay. mean it's five unique people. But, well, but they're right. all refreshing. They're I I do think we could probably name them in under five minutes. Okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> If y'all would send us in your names, everybody send in a name. Email your names. And we will we will see yes. how long it takes us to read them off. Yes. That would be a thrilling episode. Yes, okay. There we go. So right. now, I know we have more to say at the beginning, but I had totally forgot it until you said it. I just couldn't stop laughing. Well, I just it. saw you giggle and I thought I gotta I gotta find and out what that's about. And cut. Yeah. <laughs> None of that's making it. So what are we here to do today? So what uh, all right, so this is episode one thirteen. Uh, and uh, if you're new um, it, you know, if you're number six of our <laughs> podcast uh, listeners. Our six podcast yeah. listeners. Uh, my name is Jason. This is Ed, and this is Nathan, and we're on the teaching team here at Community Christian Church. And uh, we are not any of the five that listen to this. No, <laughs> we're not one of the five. No, we, do, we do not go back and listen. Why would I listen to something I said? I don't know. I don't listen to myself. I, okay, all right. It bothers me. No. <laughs> So we're just trying to have conversations these days, mostly about questions you guys are sending into us, which, by the way, we got lots of questions. I have yeah. stacks and stacks and stacks of questions. It's more than five, I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. It's more than five questions. I also know you don't have them because no one mailed them here. We do not have physical questions. I keep, I keep a record. Okay. Jason and, uh, prints them out and he can look at them. I do. And uh, so we're having conversations around these questions to help us all think more like Jesus would think in a world where not many people are thinking like Jesus thinks. I love, I love just making this. This has been the worst open to a podcast ever. Yes. It has been a while. It has. Yeah, we're doing more in each sitting now, so we're taking more time to do these, uh, which is why I'm gathering more and more questions. Which uh, brings me to today's topic. Uh, I have gathered uh, all those questions, and you remember a few weeks ago, I introduced, uh, you you do, you'll remember. Remember a few weeks ago, I introduced this thing, I said, every now and then we're going to do what I call a quick hit. Remember the quick hits? No. (laughs) He doesn't remember. I remember you. you remember. I remember you saying quick hit. 
Yeah. I was just thinking back to, remember when we did headlines? Has that been a long time ago? Oh my God, yeah. just keep, 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 going. <laughs> just keep going. I think that was back when I was in my 20s. I don't oh, know. I don't know. You did it. I did. I so what, what I meant by that was sometimes people send in questions that don't warrant an entire podcast for us to talk about, but we could probably answer them in just a few minutes. All right. So we had a few of those sprinkled in many of the other questions that I had in my stack and stacks of questions. And so I thought, why don't we just do a, an episode with just some quick ones? And call I, sprinkles. If that's what you want to call them, <laughs> I guess. That's not what I was going to call them. I like sprinkles on my ice cream. I just had a donut with sprinkles on it. Good for you, Ed. <laughs> In the so, north, they call them jimmies. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out things I know about sprinkles. Is that real? Oh, yes, man. Yeah, that, we, would no have people, we would have people who would show up. Wait a minute. Up, wait a minute. Let's don't get off on this. I'm, this we shouldn't get off on. I used to work at an ice cream shop. People would show up and say, I want Jimmy's on my on my ice cream. I said, you're going to have to point to what that is. And they would point at sprinkles. And I'd say, okay. All right. so, I don't know if it's all, I don't know if it's like, it's New York, I know for sure. Okay. Taking a big chance asking people to point at what they wanted. <laughs> all right. So I've got three questions today. Uh, some are lighter than others. Hello. One's really heavy, okay? And I know it doesn't seem like it right now because we're not talking very heavy at all, but one of them's pretty heavy. Most of them are pretty light, and I thought, you know what? Uh, not that these questions don't matter as much as all the other ones, but I think we can get to them and talk about them really quickly because it does harken back to some concepts that we've talked about on this podcast before. So, it keeps laughing at me. <laughs> what? So, how often do you use the word harken? Right now. <laughs> I just used it. I have a bigger vocabulary than you, Ed. Well, I'm from Mississippi. I know. That's why <laughs> very, I said that. There's a very long preamble to these questions. <laughs> I know. Well, he keeps interrupting me. Uh, me? Well, that's yeah, it's all your fault. That's true. Okay. Already. Question number one, okay? That's why I got the short chair. Question number one. We've been over this already. <laughs> is, how do dinosaurs fit into the Bible timeline? Somebody wants to know, how does the dinosaurs fit? into the Bible timeline. Now, this reminds me of a conversation we had a long time ago about how not to read the Bible. Yeah. So let's talk about that again, and let's put that in the context of this question. Who Isn't wants to go easiest first? to say that the Bible doesn't have a timeline? Ah, good, good, good that, That's good a good point. one, too. Good point. I get that there are, like, years and stuff written in the Bible, but we, we also know that trying to measure things by those dates are not the easiest well and we know the person that did try to do that which is uh, i think his name was bishop usher Mm -hmm. who took all of the uh, Mm -hmm. those you know and tried Mm -hmm. to come up with dates and all that he messed it up and he eventually realized he had Mm -hmm. messed it all up you know years later after everybody and so you know Mm -hmm. people that you know the earth is only seven thousand years old Mm -hmm. of course the guy himself eventually said, okay, I was wrong. He was wrong about that. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. So that would be my answer is dinosaurs. I mean, I know we have other things we need to say, but yes. quick hit wise, the Bible doesn't have a timeline. So I don't know. The, the, other, the other thing we mentioned here a while back is the Bible it was not written as a book of science. No. Correct. And, and also, or genea- uh, geology or any of those kind of things. It's just not trying to get at that question. Yes. Yeah. And so th- to ask that question of the Bible is to ask a question that the Bible really doesn't make right. any attempt to answer. And it isn't trying to answer even, you know, the Bible is a piece of ancient history, but it's not trying to tell all of ancient history. No. There's yeah. a, we know there was a lot else going on in the world. It's the story of one 
one group of people that mm -hmm. God is telling his story through uh, to reach all people. And mm -hmm. even from the beginning, he wanted to reach all people, but he wasn't telling the story of all people on the planet. Mm -hmm. That's right. So dinosaurs, I, yeah. I don't know where they are in the timeline. If they are there, God hasn't made that really, really clear because it wasn't the primary point. Yes. And so that would be my answer. My girls really like to learn about dinosaurs, though. Well, so that never fits kid, into, I think that fits into my time. And I will say there have been different points in my life years ago where I used to try to figure out how to put dinosaurs in the timeline because oh, sure. people would ask this question and I would try to jam them in there. But my understanding of the world and the Bible has grown since that day. Yeah. And, and that's think, a good thing. And maybe <laughs> yeah. this is a good follow-up question if, if you're not satisfied, which you're probably not ever going to be satisfied with no. our answers. But if you're not is why do you want to know? Mm. Um, I think that's that's the thing. Because we've already answered the part about it. it's not a scientific book. Are, are you trying to figure out because you think dinosaurs somehow do or do not prove faith or they're a problem well, for faith or mm. they're a, you know, there's all different kinds of things people are trying to figure out. Mm. Maybe that's a follow-up question. I do think there's a lot of people that are trying to, because they believe that the Bible teaches you have to believe in a seven-day literal 24-hour period creation. Mm-hmm. And that God created all animals in that way at that time in that exact format. Right. Mm -hmm. That if you can't figure out how all that fits in, and somebody in your family then goes, "Well, how about dinosaurs? How did and how did they get on the ark? And yeah. how did yeah. those kind of things? They become proof text for and against. Yes. And mm -hmm. you really again are misunderstanding the point of the Bible. And again, I I feel for you because I spent many years of my life in that right. thing of, and I was teaching people and it wasn't a good place to be. Yes. All so, right. The Bible is trying to tell the story of one group of people, starts with a dude, Abraham, which goes to a bunch of people, who's to lead to one person, Jesus, mm -hmm. who's to lead to the whole world. Yeah. But even in the beginning, God said to all those people, you're going to be a blessing to all nations. Mm -hmm. It was always for that. Yeah. So, I think I think it becomes a problem when you try to find one of these little small side issues and, and say, well, if that doesn't fit anywhere or I can't figure that out, then the whole thing has to be thrown away. That's yeah. exactly right. And, and I think that's a dangerous place to be because that, that is not true. That's right. I so. agree. It's the same kind of thing of people that lose their faith in Jesus over mm. somebody disproving one point of the Bible that they can't prove. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus does not rise and fall on everything that you understand about the Bible or all the points in the Old Testament you can't match up with dinosaurs. Jesus rises and falls on the basis of four historical documents, really, the, the mm -hmm. testimonies about him in the gospel. Mm -hmm. You have to ask what in them it is true and what historically happened after that. Then you get to Jesus, and then you... Mm -hmm. that's you got to read the Bible through the lens of Jesus, yes. not the opposite way around, yeah. not reading Jesus through the lens of the Bible. All right. Told you we could do that in, what, three or four minutes, maybe? Good. Certainly shorter than the discussion of Jimmy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, second question is the one that's probably the heaviest. Uh, I know dinosaurs are pretty heavy. Well, they are heavy. I mean, uh, but not, but not emotional. I don't if they just came out of the egg or not. I don't know, but even then they'd probably be heavy. You're getting, you're getting into other issues. <laughs> okay, Let's don't yeah. go there. No, I meant emotionally. Uh, politically heavy, emotionally heavy, certainly in our culture today. Yes. And I, and I do believe that's where the, the, whoever asked this question, that's where the place that it comes from. So I don't want to disrespect that because I do know this is a very serious topic for a lot of people. And uh, so I'm just going to read it as they, uh, they wrote it. 
and then let us have a little quick discussion over it. Their question goes like this. Life begins at the moment of conception, and that is a basic Christian belief. If so, why does Catholicism seem to be the only Christian religion actively speaking out against contraceptives? Given how contraceptives work for women as abortifacients, in that they can force an, a miscarriage, shouldn't all churches be speaking out against them as they do abortions? Okay, so we wrote down some notes, and we're going to talk through these notes just, just to get some basic uh, groundwork, lay some basic groundwork for this topic so that we don't get off into the weeds sure. because it can often get off into the weeds. Yep, that's so right. Our first uh, topic that we jotted down we were going to discuss is actually that first statement that the question asker makes of saying that life beginning at the moment of conception is a basic Christian belief. And Usually when people say that, what they mean is you have to believe that in order to be a Christian. That's the way I would hear base, it. Is it's if, base level. Yes. Yeah, if, you're, if you don't believe this, you cannot be a, a Christian. Right. Yeah. Which is pretty clear. If that were true, looks like the apostles or Jesus would have said, you need to confess Christ as Lord and that all life begins at conception to right. be saved. Right. Yeah. So we don't, we don't get that from the earliest uh, uh, representation of the earliest Christians. Right. They certainly right. are not saying that. Um, I would not want someone to think that if I don't believe this, if I, that I can't follow Jesus. Especially that, if someone's in a point where they're still trying to figure out mm -hmm. what they believe yeah. about all these kinds of issues. We wouldn't want that to be a stumbling block from them beginning to follow Jesus mm -hmm. and becoming a Christian. Right. And that there are Christians that disagree on this yeah, part, there are. not that life isn't sacred, right? But that at what or that all people are made in the image of God, no matter that, how big or that, small, all that. That those are pretty clear. Those yeah, are those yeah, are pretty absolutely. clear. Yeah. Again, I would separate them from core Christian belief. Those mm -hmm. are core things taught in the Bible. Mm -hmm. that, but core Christian belief for me is what do I have to believe to become a Christian? Mm -hmm. yeah. What do I have to believe to be a follower of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And Jesus just didn't ask anybody about those kind of things. That's right. Or, or call it out for anybody. That's mm -hmm. right. So I think we ought to separate that out. Yes. Not trying to take a shot at it nope. anyway. I just want to be clear to everybody who's listening that that's... Well, and the, the original question is based on that. Mm -hmm. That if this is true, then these other things should follow. Right. Um, and I think yeah. that might explain why the other things don't follow. Yeah, and the, and the, and the other thing that you mentioned is the, the questioner wants to know, how is it that all Christians are not speaking out in the same mm -hmm. manner or volume or the same way about this issue? And that would... And I, in particular, the question is about birth control? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I just wanted Particularly to make sure what Particularly birth control that are... I can't say that word as well as you did. Abortifacients. Uh, yeah, there you go. Did you have to look up how to say that? I did not mm -hmm. know how to say that. Oh, I, Jason I have a big Arden. vocabulary, remember? Uh, I know. You You're do. very smart. I can hearken to my big vocabulary. <laughs> you can to the big vocabulary because I did not go. know how to say that word. So. All right. But yeah, so I know the part we're getting to, I guess, is when you talk about why aren't all Christians doing that. Mm -hmm. um, not all Christians are called to the same kind of thing. That's true. We're not all called... I mean, there are lots of issues that I believe God cares about. And if I am personally questioned on them, I have opinions on them. I have things yeah. I think people should do. Yeah. But I, I, not all of us are called to... Because I assume what they mean is, by you saying speak about it in the same way, is either 
protesting about it or having some kind of activism around it or having some kind of education around it or something. Well, we can't all focus on the exact same things in the exact same way. Um, and so I think that's a good way to begin that part of it is why don't all Christians um, do all the same things about all the same things? Well, when you get to something that's not a core Christian belief again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to get anything under the category of all Christians. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's because even the person makes a statement about Catholics, but not all Catholics right. would agree on this. That is true. So right. now we not only not, don't have all Christians that not all Catholics would agree that they, and they haven't been excommunicated over this, and popes have changed their thoughts on these over time mm -hmm. and are still in the process of that. Mm -hmm. So, so I would not want this to become a conversation that by me having it or by the way that I'm expressing it in the culture would then stand in the way of what we all know is core and most important, which is the gospel. That's right. And Jesus and who he is and what he did for us. So um, that that goes into that goes into play. That comes into play in how you address this as well. That's right. And I think each Christian has to work that out for themselves. I agree I mean, with that. Yeah, yeah. I think no, that's totally that way for that. pretty much every, specifically these really hot-button controversial issues in our culture. Um, I think if you are a thoughtful follower of Jesus, that is a question, or at least I will say that is for me. What I'm constantly asking myself is, is especially when I know I'm in the presence of someone who might very well disagree with my personal take on this issue, um, I'm very conscious of how I discuss this because I know that sometimes the how I'm discussing it can get in the way of what ultimately I really want, mm -hmm. and, it, and it is for them to see Jesus. I think of right now, I've mentioned this before, uh, I'm going back to school to get a degree at a secular university. And I know that I am uh, working alongside of people who not only would not agree with me on this topic, but wouldn't agree with me on a lot of topics, including uh, the identity of Jesus. Right. And I find myself in those settings always, always just being hypersensitive not to the point of being timid, that's not what I mean, but sensitive to the fact of how I bring these topics up because I know if I bring it up one way, I'm shutting down the conversation. I might have lost relationship with right. this person, and now I don't even have a chance to share Jesus anymore. Which is the issue. Which is the thing that It matters. is the, the issue. Yeah. And if we're going to come to any kind of agreement on some of these issues, which there is a lot of agreement about the nature of... the you know, the sanctity of life and yes. those kind of things. Yes. The chance of us doing it once we both agree on Jesus, it goes up. Yes. It goes up. But if I decide to have that conversation as primary, mm. I may lose the chance of getting to agreement on the more primary issue, yeah. which is Jesus. Well, and yeah. I think, I think, I'm trying to phrase this in the right way. I think because we live in a, you know, democracy or you know democratic republic whatever is the right way i think uh there are conceptions we have um ideas we have about what jesus would do in a democratic republic that we we have to, we're we're bringing into our world 
that didn't exist in Jesus' world. And mm. what I mean is there is a, uh, I don't want to use the word pressure. This is the part I was trying to figure out. There is almost, I think people feel a lot of weight and responsibility in, the, in a world where in our mind our vote really matters and our voice really matters, that the best thing I can do for anyone is to pass some kind of legislation, right. mm -hmm. pass some kind of law, do something active. And so when, so And we even take things like, well, that's what it means to love your neighbor. The ultimate way to love your neighbor is to do some kind of policy mm -hmm. thing to make sure it gets taken care of. And so when it comes to things like abortion or any of this kind of stuff, most often we get so bogged down in the political policy side of things that we forget that often Jesus calls me, and I don't mean often, Jesus always calls me to love my neighbor as myself. And my neighbor, when you look at the Good Samaritan, when you look at all these examples Jesus gives us, he's saying it's the people you come across. It's the people you interact with. And obviously I know there are implications to how we vote and all of that. I'm sure. not saying that. But I personally think in my interactions, your vote actually becomes a way for you to get rid of your responsibility. Uh, because you, you think, I vote this way. I don't really ever have to have many conversations with anybody, have any of these things. And so I see you're wrestling with that a little bit in the mm -hmm. conversations you have. But it may also have implications. I may have to have more of an opinion on this if I'm interacting with someone who is actually facing the decision of an abortion. Oh, right. That's, that's, rather yeah. than if I have to create Absolutely. these hypothetical situations mm -hmm. of... You know, the, if I'm on one side of the issue, the most monstrous way it could happen or the most sympathetic and compassionate way on the other side. When I'm dealing with a real person, my opinion then has to be formed for, and I'm not saying it's, it's, the, it's, it's a, some kind of relative truth, but it is relative to this person. And the, the things I'm talking about and all the, the way that I love them and serve them, it does change when I'm talking to a person than when I'm talking about a hypothetical thing. That's more, I guess, what I meant when I said not all Christians are called to do the same thing. I can see how some Christians, because of their job, because of their position, they may be called to speak out in a public forum fashion about an issue they think is really important. Yeah, and I wouldn't take away anyone's uh, feeling compelled to go and try and oh, put no. a stop, you know, because... If know, you're doing it in a loving, God-honoring way, way. Always, yes. I, I, I wouldn't want to put that aside and say that's not a, the way to handle yourself either because I know there are some people who are very passionate and they yes. they say, i got to go save someone's life. That's right. And so therefore, I must go and take this action or I must protest in this way or speak out in this way. And I, I never, then God bless you if, you know, God has called you in that direction. Uh, so I don't want to put no. everybody in the other bucket either. No, I th what I mean? that's what I mean is I think you have to, what Jesus is inviting us to is not a legalistic framework of these are the, you know, even saying these are core beliefs. Here are the 72 core beliefs you have to have. You have to defend them at all times. Mm -hmm. And here are the corresponding actions that go with those beliefs. Jesus is inviting us into a par participation with him where my imagination gets formed, where I actually do have to sit and thoughtfully think. If Jesus lived in a democratic republic and he had the relationships I have, Based on the character and nature of who I see revealed in Scripture, what do I believe he, how he would interact in these things? And what I'm, what I'm trying to say by that is thoughtful, 
loving, God-honoring people may come to different conclusions on what that looks like because we're all thoughtful and God-honoring. And we, some of us, may get that wrong, but I believe God says if your intention is to honor me, to honor other people, you're being thoughtful, but you're not just throwing it out there because that's what you got to say. Because what we do know is on both ends of the spectrum, there are people who are... Uh, uh, I'm trying to forget what the terms are, but people who are trying to stop abortion and they're doing it in the name of Jesus, but they are not doing it in the character of Jesus. Right. That's and right. it does and not honor Jesus to do so in that way. Yes. Right. But I think if we, if what we say is, like you said, if I feel called to some kind of more public political action on it, mm-hmm. okay. If, but also if I'm on a, on in, in a place where I'm having interactions with people, that may that may guide it. And sometimes it's okay for Christians to keep our mouth shut. Sometimes what God may be calling me to do is I don't have, I don't know an answer on this. I don't know if that's where you're at and you're still working it out. I don't have to have an answer on every issue. Mm-hmm. If I don't have an answer, I don't have to have an answer. Yeah, particularly if the only answer I have is one that somebody who has studied gave me. And I haven't done the research myself. Like, I mean, for instance, on that word, however you say that word, kind of uh, contraceptives, I would have a hard time. I mean, I, I know what that is. I do know what it is. But I don't know that all, I don't know what all of the list of contra- right. different kind of yeah. contraceptives. So when you ask me about it, what's, what's this one, what's that one, uh, I, could, I could parrot back things that other people have done. But I... It'd just be better for me to point the person to that person and go, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really have an opinion on it, but they have a strong mm-hmm. opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, not, it's not the place that I feel called to be. Mm. Yes. So, I and I, I don't need to separate with the person who's different from me on no. it. If they're, no. if they're a follower of Jesus, if the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness is evidence in their life, and they're trying to love people, which I do think there are people on both sides of this that are trying to lo- be loving to people. I do. Mm-hmm. I need to listen and watch and try to figure out. I'm not saying I'm not saying either side's right. Right. What you said is right. I can pray and listen and come to an conclusion. Someone else could come to the opposite conclusion. One of us may be right. Both of us may be wrong. Mm-hmm. And the answer may be something else. But if we're both striving for it and we continue to work together on it. The Holy Spirit is much more likely for us to get together, get to the right answer together because God has chosen to work not just with people but in communities of people. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got time for our last question. And uh, a little less serious, but certainly a a clarifying question for things that we talk about here on this podcast a lot. Questioner wants to know, I've heard you guys talk a lot about discipleship, being a disciple, and then also using the phrase spiritual formation. Are all those things the same, or is there a difference? So, discipleship, being a disciple, spiritual formation. They want us to clarify those terms for them, okay? Uh, So let's start here. Um, One thing we know is for sure is that everybody is being formed spiritually yeah Mm -hmm. that that is the truth so when we say spiritual formation uh that would be and these guys can clarify if if i speak off out out of place but we that's what i believe we would all mean when we say you're being spiritually formed it means that 
someone or something is shaping your inner person, your spiritual life. It, you know, the thing I always think about with spiritual formation, and when we talk about it, we're certainly talking about Jesus being the one to form our spirit. But yep. even people who are allowing Jesus to form their spirit, he is reforming it from the culture we live in. We are mm-hmm. born into a culture, and there are no cultures that don't do this. Every mm-hmm. culture is 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 teaching you what to think about the the world that you're in. Mm-hmm. It's it mm-hmm. you you come in and you see things, and people are giving you words to describe it and thoughts that you have about it. And we've all known people that we would characterize as anxious, fearful people, and you can put them in a situation with somebody who has not been taught to be an anxious, fearful person. Mm-hmm. They both be confronted with the exact same circumstances, and because there have been thoughts to spiritually form them, mm-hmm. they react totally different. Mm-hmm. And it's not the circumstances that cause it, and it's not even the personality of the person. There are thoughts we have that are then causing us to react in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what I would mean by spiritual formation. I think the biggest spiritual formation currently going on maybe in the world, at least in the Western world, is politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are being spiritually formed by what we decide to think about what's happening in the world politically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people that are very, very anxious, worried, or angry, <laughs> over over something politically that they don't know very much about. So I think the the question that we would all help encourage you to point to is when, look at yourself and be be honest and ask yourself by what or by whom am I being formed into the person mm-hmm. who that I am becoming? What type of person am I, am I becoming and what am I allowing or who am I allowing to shape me? into that type of person. And if I am this, like, you know, if I am finding myself to just generally be an angry person, what has formed me into that shape? What, if I'm uh, typically an anxious person, what has caused that? What what am I allowing to shape me into that? So that, I think, encapsulates that uh, question. What is spiritual formation? Now let's move to discipleship. When we say discipleship, we, of course, mean discipleship to Jesus. We do, but you can be a disciple of anything. You can be a disciple of anything. But what we mean is following after Jesus, which means I'm allowing Jesus to be the one who forms me into the shape of the kind of person that I am. And we, we talk about that in two ways. We can say generally a disciple of Jesus is someone who has made that decision and is consciously trying to put effort into letting Jesus be their former, right. their, their master, their Lord. That's what it means for him to be Lord. Right. When we say on stage, you hear us say this a lot from in our church, we believe Jesus is right about everything. That is the core of being a disciple of Jesus. Right. This is out of the point and say that Jesus is right about everything. That's the one I'm following after. What he says goes in my life. Right. Imperfectly, of course, but that's what I'm doing. Um, but then we also, that's the general way of describing discipleship, but then we also have a very specific way that we at Community Christian do discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure we discuss that too because we do throw that term out a lot. We say, 
we all are a part of a discipleship group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a moment uh, to be a little more specific so that in case that's, you know, been confusing to you if you hear us throw those terms around. Um, why don't you guys talk? I've talked for a few minutes now. How do we at Community Christian, have we decided to do that formally? I think we have created, well, through the years we've done it different ways. Mm-hmm. Currently, we have a program that we've continued to refine and I think as I think about it more, we are trying to build the culture of people around the values that we see Jesus teaching, the actions that Jesus taught, and we're often asking people, well not often, we are totally asking people to do things by direct effort to put their body and their mind in position so that eventually they can think easily the thoughts and be in position to do what Jesus did. We'd all like to just say, I make Jesus Lord of my life, and suddenly, like a giant download from heaven, all the thoughts from Jesus come into my body, and all other thoughts were removed from my body. But because we were discipled before we came to Jesus from the time we were little children, I have to have embodied things. That's one of the words Nathan uses a lot. I have to put embodied practices in place to re-disciple myself in the way of Jesus. And so we have, a, we have a discipline, a pattern, a way that we go about that. We do it in community because that's a part of the Jesus pattern is Jesus mm-hmm. did not come and talk a lot of one on He built a group of people who then were in groups of people and they built groups of people. Mm-hmm. So, And I'll just say, it, for me, that's been the, the big revolutionary turn in my discipleship journey is going from doing those embodied practices that we call spiritual practices alone versus doing them absolutely and it has changed everything in my life i cannot overstate that because for for years i grew up in a christian home i went to a christian college and for years all through that time i was told you know you need to read the scriptures you need to pray you need to do spiritual practices and it was always encapsulated in this thing called a quiet time you get alone by yourself somewhere away from all people yep and every every speaker that spoke out on those things would tell me to go and do that and every single time i would say he's right i'm gonna go do that i feel really guilty that i have not and though and then i would go and i'd do it for a little while and then it would fizzle out. My my other cultural discipleship would yes. win out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for, gosh, six, seven years now? Yeah, Six least. or seven years now, uh, I have chosen to do it in community, and it has not fizzled. Let's just put it that way. It has not been the experience that I had for the first, you know, 30, 35 years of my life. Yeah, we're currently in that place in the Gospel of John that we've been slow teaching through, Yeah, that we're talking about being connected to the vine and remaining, and Jesus just says, remain, remain, remain. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I learned in looking at vine stuff and listening to people talk about vine stuff is that one of the things that gardeners, vineyard dressers do is they hook vines together to keep, I mean, they hook branches together mm-hmm. to keep them connected to the vine. Mm-hmm. That the, when a vine 
gets off by itself, it has a tendency to break and yeah. to get disconnected. And if it gets down in the dirt, it, you know, gets mold and stuff on it. So they have to pick it up and tie it to the other branches to keep all this disease from growing on it. And I thought, yeah, such a beautiful analogy of Jesus of mm -hmm. what discipleship is. We're helping each other. It keeps me from yeah. allowing all the weirdness that happens uh, mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. So that's how we have chosen as a church to practice discipleship. We, we are in God's Word every day. We're in prayer every day. We're in community uh, with His people uh, weekly. And uh, we are in community with one another, the, those that we're walking with Jesus along with um, every single day. Yeah. We are in communication with one another uh, in ways that help. Like you, the image you just showed that tie us together as branches so that we hold one another up. Um, we hold one. I don't like the word accountable because that word's got baggage for me. Yeah, me too. It's not so much, you know, I'm calling you out when you're uh, off. It's just that this is just what we're doing together. And Support is the way I look at it. Support. We're supporting each word. other. We're supporting yes. each other. It's a better word. And it's not a, you know, it's not one of those things where we just, you know, and I screwed up again. Oh well, go do better. <laughs> no, it, it's a it's a as we go along, we are constantly. I am constantly feeling the pruning uh, oh, yeah. of God in my own life and in the lives of the guys that I'm with. Of hey, that's 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 off track. Let's let's see how we can fix that. You know, but we don't have to have it done today or tomorrow. Let's just let's let's go a different direction and try something new or something different. And and. And slowly over time, I think I think that was the beauty of how Jesus formed his disciples. Um, man, you look at the day he called them versus the day they went out on their own mm -hmm. after he, he turned them loose and after the ascension. They were not the same fellows no. at all, not mm -hmm. even close. Um, if it took Jesus a few years to get that mm -hmm. done, I'm thinking it's going to take me a while as well. That's right. So... Um, do y'all think that that clears those terms up for people? I think so. Yeah, I, th I, I, I really, one of the things I don't think anybody taught me to do early enough, and even though, you know, we'll call out to our discipler, Dallas, Dallas used to say that I heard, and I never really got it until the last few years, is you must, you must question your thoughts. You must think about your thoughts. Yep. When you never think about your thoughts... You can't really figure out where they're coming from. And we often have these thoughts in our head that we think, well, that just must come from me. But there are thoughts coming from other places, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, they feel like they're from me or they're from God because they just feel so real and natural. They don't build into us the kind of, I must, er, things are trying to form us. The world is trying to form us. The evil one's trying to form us in a way that's against God. I must intentionally be spiritually formed. And that what you just described is, I think, when it comes down to it, the most uniquely human characteristic that we have all been given. Uh, apart from every other creature God made, human beings were given the ability to think about their thoughts. Yeah, why did I think that? Why did yeah. I feel that way? Yeah. To, to, to do what Paul said is take it captive. That's that, right. That's the image. Is And I've used this before with people. I'm able to take a thought and figuratively pull it out of my mind, and look hold at it, it out in front of me, look at it, analyze it, turn it over, and go, now what is that? Right. Where'd that come from? What is it trying to do to me? Right. And why did, where did I get it? Where, why did I let it in? And 
do I need to put it back? Right, <laughs> do I need right. to throw it away? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I look at it and I go, oh, that needs to go back in there. That's right. But other times, that one's got to go. And every time I see you show up again, you've got to go. Yeah, you got to you leave. You just got to go. Mm-hmm. And that, that's been huge for me um, over the past, I'd say, three to four years of my life. Uh, unpacking a lot of the stuff that's in there that I just thought was either from God or just everybody thinks this. Everybody way. thinks mm-hmm. that way. And then when I took it captive, looked at it, and I went, and then and I also put it out in front of somebody else. Yeah. And I show it to somebody else, and I show it like to Nathan. I say, Nathan, here's what I'm thinking. And he goes, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Or where would you get that? Who told you that? That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, it. and then I go, well, Never really thought of it that way. Maybe, maybe I made that up, or maybe I listened to somebody that I ought not have been listening to. That's right. And so now I can. And it could be me. I could, could be, be I was listening to me. I was listening to me. I was yeah. listening yeah. to me. But now I'm free from that. Yeah. That's the that's the freedom I think Jesus talked about. So, all right. I hope that clears it up. Um, and I appreciate the question, of course, because you're sure. right. We do throw those words out a lot, and I definitely want to make sure you know what we're talking about. And if you want to know more about it, reach out to us personally. Yeah, uh, just, we'd love to tell you about it. Yeah, um, yeah. Send it into the, if, if the only way you communicate with us is that uh, link underneath the video or the podcast you're wa- you're listening to, watching right now. Uh, send it in that way, or uh, just go to the website. Yep, you know, there's a contact us. Contact us. Yeah. Just reach out to us. We'd love to have that conversation more fully. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So those are our quick ones. Uh, next week, we're going to have a one-question longer discussion. Wow. Oh, wow. About yeah. Jimmy's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hopefully. Sprinkles. <laughs> All right. So you guys have a great week, and we will be back next week. We'll see you then.